What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants. Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This week, at the moment, we are 67% British, 33% Irish, but absolutely still 100% Giants. Shane's having technical issues, so uh, he's going to be on very shortly. So he will be bumping us up to 75-25. Um, but for now, it's me, Kev, and producer Craig in the house to bring you all the latest in regards to free agency. Um, as the new league year began a mere, what, half an hour ago, 4pm Eastern. Um, so teams can now officially sign players as of 8pm UK time this evening. Um, and with the legal tampering period starting this past Monday, um, there's been a frenzy of free agent signings and trades across the league as well being done. So including some big moves as well by Big Blue. Uh, we're also going to continue with Shane and Kev's top five draft prospects at each position. Uh, turning the ball over to defence as we break down the D linemen, uh, edge and linebackers as well. Lads, how are we doing? Yeah, very good. Uh, kind of wish Shane was on here, you know, to take the lead there a little bit. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's good to be on. Free agencies finally kicked off properly. Um, I know we've had the uh, legal tampering period for the last two days. Um, where sort of like deals can be announced, but, you know, they can't actually be signed. Whereas uh, as they can be signed now, um, you know, and the Giants have been active, not not overly active, not going crazy, but making some shrewd moves that uh, will definitely help this franchise. Yeah, I mean it's been crazy uh, the last two days. Um, out, you know, with with work, work because we, we we don't get to do this for a living, which would be nice. Um, and then free agency ramping up over the last few days. It's been um, a bit crazy. I'm knackered. Uh, I don't know about you boys, but uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it because we we've done some deals and you know we'll all be focusing on this but we're also kind of looking a bit here there and everywhere because it doesn't stop it absolutely doesn't stop but we've got the twitter feeds live refreshing every two minutes uh, so if we do get any breaking news throughout this uh, live broadcast we will bring that to you as we go along uh, so yeah if you see us looking away or looking down or anything like that we're not ignoring you we're just looking at twitter um and, uh, it feels forget... like we're very own, like Dan Duggan and Rappaport. You know, we're looking at the phones <laughs> to one side. We've got NFL Network on the background to the other side, and eyes all over the place. Yeah, man, it's like we're pros, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely not. We're not claiming to be pros whatsoever. I'm <laughs> just throwing that out there. Um, and uh, don't forget to talk about Dan Duggan. Don't forget to uh, check out our bonus episode we released uh, on Saturday morning. Is it Saturday morning? Saturday afternoon? Um, and obviously the audio pod went live Monday, um, as we were lucky enough to sit down with uh, Mr. Dan Duggan from The Athletic uh, and find out a bit more about the man whose articles we all love reading. So, yeah, it was a really cool interview. Um, we were gutted you missed out on it, Kev, but um, we certainly enjoyed ourselves, didn't we, Craig? Yeah, 100%. And Dan uh, sounds like he in uh, enjoyed himself as well. He was quite complimentary on Twitter, saying that it was a fun interview and, you know, away from the norm and, 
uh, I think that's something that we want to focus on is is maybe getting these people on and, and asking the sort of questions that they don't get asked by the American media, the, the kind of recycled and regurgitated stuff, and maybe look at a slightly different aspect of uh, their life and um, how they view the NFL as a whole. Yeah, it was yeah. very good. I mean, I got to um, listen to it myself. Obviously, I was very glad I could make it, but uh, you know, I was at a country music festival this past weekend. So I just couldn't get the time, <laughs> couldn't get the time to get on with you boys. But the question was brilliant. Like you could tell he um, he had some stock answers for some of the stock questions regarding free agency and stuff like that. But some of the more um, intricate questions about the role and the job and his day-to-day life and stuff like that with uh, working within the business was very interesting. Yeah, it was a, it was a really cool, um, really cool interview. Like, um, I mean, we didn't think it would go on for as long as it did, um, but it was just, it just sort of, it flowed and, um, it seemed like he enjoyed himself at the end of the day, and it was kind of like something he could relax and uh, just answer the questions we threw at him. And it was a, it was a good way to spend a, a Friday afternoon um, chatting all things Giants with uh, one of the best journalists in the game. Um, we're kicking off this week uh, talking free agency, and uh, what forty-eight hours it's been, lads. Um, with Aaron Rodgers still holding the Jets to ransom as we speak, uh, and the Eagles losing more players than we can remember. Uh, It's been a busy couple of days across the league, but it's been just as busy for Big Blue, like I said. Uh, The first of our non-re-signed players, so the first of the players we we brought into the team, uh, being Rakeem Nunez-Roches, which is straight away a really cool name. Um, Ex-Buccaneer, known as Nacho. I love me some Nachos. Uh, 30-year-old vet's a massive upgrade on last year's uh, depth piece, Justin Ellis, and hopefully... Uh, sure up the Giants' run D, which becomes pretty porous as soon as Big Cat and Sexy Dexy leave the field. Uh, in 2022, played in 17 games with 10 starts, recording 33 tackles, five tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, and a career high for him, two sacks. And a glimpse of sort of what we expect from him. Um, he's a big trash talker. He's popular in the locker room. Um, he's tough as nails. He's good against the run. Um, it's great against the pass, but there's some work we can um, the wing can and the, the defensive coaches can work on. Um, and he's a good depth sign at the end of the day. Uh, contract uh, was stated at 12 million over three years with seven and a half guaranteed. I mean, Craig, how much does he improve our D against the run straight away? Massively. Um, if you look at where he's spent the last few seasons at the Buccaneers, uh, he was there for the Bucks Super Bowl run and last season was a key piece, probably one of the, the sort of big interior linemen for them. Uh, as uh, I think it was John Ledyard said, who's an ex-Bucks uh, beat writer, um, he is pretty much a non-factor against the pass, but his, his run game is exactly where he, he kind of thrives and we weren't great in, against the run last season, even sometimes with Dex and, and Big Cat on the field. So any time that we can get a rotation piece in there that's better than Ellis was, because let's be honest, he might as well have not been there sometimes. And I just think everybody will be happy to see that uh, Jason Kelsey's put down of Ellis won't be being replayed again and again. And hopefully this year it will be... Uh, Nunez Roches, who will uh, who will be maybe putting Kelsey down. Yeah, I heard someone call him R N R the other day, and uh, I just sort of like uh, really sat nicely as a, as a nickname. Much easier, a little bit easier than uh, Rakeem Nunez Roches. 
But um, you know, he is he's definitely a, a really good run stuffing interior D lineman, a little on the smaller side. Um, but I actually think, you know, when we're playing our base three four, I actually believe he'd be really good at, you know, in the in this um five technique lining up next to sexy dexy and big cat on the other side. Um, I mean you will see the real benefits when um we're in obvious obvious um, nickel. Um, and we've only got the two big guys on the field being able to rotate them out and rotate R and R in. Um, I think you know, able to give the boys a rest because the two boys played far too much um, football last season and too many snaps and games. And um, when they were off the field, we did get um, burned on the run a fair bit. Yeah, we've got to have that depth on the D line. I mean, we've got two of the two of the best linemen in the league in in Lawrence and um, Big Cat, but. You need that depth. You can't have um, the, your two big playmakers on the field that off that much. You know they're going to need they're going to need rest. They're going to need to take a breather. And you've got to have someone reliable to come in and, and take the place. And Ellis just wasn't it wasn't that. So having R and R like that, having R and R on the team is a uh, is is definitely an upgrade. And I've watched a few um, few few clips of his, and he plays hard. He's he's aggressive, um, and it's. It's good to see, and and he is, you know, from what I've seen, really, really good against the run as well. So it's going to be a big, big addition, um, I think, to Wink's uh, defense, and it's going to allow him to do some additional things with um, with Lawrence and with Big Cat and with the two the two guys coming off the edge as well. He's a big high motor guy as well. You know, he constantly just keeps going. He might he's not very quick at beating the man, you know, as in that's why his pass rushing stats aren't great. But um, when you watch him, he just never, never gives up on the play. Yeah, exactly. And having someone like that to come in um, when one of the two big guys need a rest, like you said, in five sets as well, it'll be uh, it'll be a big bonus for the defense, and it's hope hopefully allow us to uh, not give up too many yards on the ground like we have done over the last year. So, yeah, good move. And obviously, that was the first sort of major signing that we uh, that we announced. I think it was Monday evening that was announced. So it was a it was a good start to the legal tampering period. Moving on to uh, the next for it, next uh, signing, um, Bobby Okareke. Did I get that right? Okareke? Okareke, yeah. Okareke. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, the first sort of big splash, really, um, was in an area that we really needed help in. Evening, Shane. Hello. All right. Sorry about the delay. That's all right, mate. How you doing? Yeah, not bad. Sorry to talk. Carry on. That's cool, man. We'll catch up. Um, yeah, Bobby Okareke, um, real sort of big splash in uh, in a, a position of need, and I mean one of uh, an extremely good linebacker coming in to plug that hole that we desperately need. So coming off his best season as a pro, twenty seven, just entering his prime as well, described as a tackling machine. He's got two hundred eighty three total tackles over the last two years. I mean. Insane. The last year, last year, 151 total tackles, um, and he had 17 in the week in the game against the Giants in Week 17 as well. I mean, we'll forgive him for the um, um, unnecessary roughness call against uh, against Dan Jones. I mean, he's on he's on, he's on the right side of the ball now, but just an absolute tackling machine. Um, he was the most targeted linebacker in the NFL last season but only allowed 5.9 yards per target, which was seventh among all linebackers as well. Um, he signed a four-year, $40 million contract with $22 million of that guaranteed as per league sources. Kev, what type of player are we getting in him? 
Yeah, we're getting a very good player. I mean, like, um, yeah, he's still only 26. I think he'll be 27 by the time the season starts. Um, but he's hitting his prime. Um, I mean, he come from the Colts who played um, basically a 4-3 defense. And some will say that, you know, changing the scheme into um, Winks at more attacking 3-4 uh, might be a bit of a negative. But I don't see that at all. I mean, one reason anyway, we play so much nickel anyway. That um, you know, and, and he'll be on the field as a Mike or Will. Um, he's versatile. He can play Sam, Mike, or Will linebackers. He's played, played all those spots um, um, in his college, in the pros. Um, I mean, he's got great instincts. You know, you can see when he's like shuffling through the traffic. You know, he he, he keeps his gaps well. Um, I mean, he's um, he reads the run very very well. He's really good at getting you know to diagnosing where the run's going and and you know busting through the gap to get there. Like one of the negatives is, is that it um, was he six one two thirty five or something. He's maybe a little bit in the light side. And I think with some of the bigger, bigger, stronger mauling um, of offensive linemen, you can kind of see him get pushed back a little bit. It doesn't happen all the time, but that's sort of like one of the few negatives that I can see with him. Um, I mean, he's good in zone coverage. He's good in man coverage as well. Um, he's very good at staying on the player's hips and he undercuts really well. You'll see him like, um, when a pass is being played to one of the running backs or tight ends, you'll see him like undercut and not get the interception, but bat the ball down and actually like stop the the, the attacking player from uh, making the reception. Um, he's very good at sitting in zone. He's very good at reading sort of the dangers around him. And when he sits back in his zone, he's good at picking up like the um, the tight ends crossing him. He'll actually you know as the tight ends crossing, he'll pick up the tight end and go with him and stay with him, match him stride for stride because he's so quick as well across the um from sideline to sideline. Um and um he's very good at the you know the shallow passes to running backs. He's very good at getting out to those. I mean you know, that comes back to his quickness. Um I think um getting off the blocks is one of his weaknesses. Um, like I said before with the big offensive linemen. Um I think wide receivers um He's been a couple of snaps I saw with him lined up against the wide receivers in the slot. Um, wide receivers would get the better of him, you know, the real, real quick ones. Um, I mean, if you look back at the game we played, um, he was the only player um, really playing his heart out because the Colts sort of mailed it in by then, but he was the only player like really, really giving it. And that's why he ended up with so many tackles. But there was one play I saw that um, Isaiah Hudgens, which is good to see for us, just absolutely destroyed him. Like, you know, he got into his break and got out of it. And, um, Bobby sort of was left standing a wee bit. So, like, you know, um, you know, that's not good to see. But hopefully he won't be matched up on uh, wide receivers, good wide receivers that often, to be honest. Um, he did have that fumble. Uh, he punched the ball out with uh, Slayton, didn't he? Um, um, uh, causing a fumble. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's very good, sideline to sideline. And he's not top tier, obviously. Otherwise, you know, the Colts, the only reason the Colts kind of got rid of him was because they're paying um, their other linebacker 20 million a year. Um, oh, what's his name again? Is it Floyd? Is it? I want to say their other linebacker, maybe. Anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. So, so they're so they're paying so they're paying him nearly 20 million a year. So, you know, he wasn't going to stay there. Um, but again, you know, he's not going to get top, top tier money because, um, he's not sort of that type of player, but he's definitely the type of player we need. You know, he's good enough for our scheme, for our, the way we play. And um, he was one of the players that we talked about. You know, we talked about in the group chat, who would you like to get? Like, we reeled off some names. And he was always at the top of the list. Um, you know, he went to Stamford. So he's going to be, you know, that smart, tough, dependable. You know, he's played every every game for the last two years in the, in the league. 
Um, so, you know, he has all the traits and apparently he's a really high character guy as well. So he's good in the locker room, a good teammate and uh, just a high character guy. So, I mean, when you do that smart, tough, dependable, you know, that Joshi and Dable preach all the time, I mean, he just ticks all the boxes. Shaquille Leonard's the uh, guy you're thinking of. That's the one. Five-year, five just shy of a $100 million contract he signs um, in August 21. So he's in the middle of that five-year deal. And, yeah, they can't afford to keep both of them, can they? Um, no, I, I mean, the more I see of, of um, uh, Bobby Okereke, the more I like about him. Yeah, he's got some weaknesses. That, you know, We know that. We can see that. But there's, there's only an upside to bringing him in. We needed that. We needed that um, piece at linebacker that we didn't really have last year, and I mean to bring a guy in like that that fights hard, plays hard, you know, is passionate. I seen the sort of the I think it's about a minute long the video of him just I think during the the Broncos game, just the, the sheer passion of the guy and, and him the the want to win and to make a play and. You know the belief in his teammates as well is is crazy. It's really good. So it's it's great to see that. And again, I think he's another piece in that defense that Wink's going to absolutely love working with. Um, Shane, what do you think about Okereke? Yeah, I, I echo a lot of what um, as Kevin said. You know, he he fits that culture that that keeps getting mentioned by Joe Shane and by Brian Day. But <clears throat> um, I like him as a linebacker. I probably haven't read about linebacker five, linebacker six in the free agency class. Um, Linebacker is kind of my position. I love linebackers. It's the position that I always watch out for players most, especially on defence. And just the thought of pairing Bobby Okereke with a Trenton Simpson, Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders. I just love, absolutely love the idea of that because that would be a set at linebacker for the next four, five, maybe even six years. Um, I think with Okereke directly, he's got some improvement to do in pass coverage. But he's getting better every year. So if you look at his coverage stats, um, he allowed two years ago he allowed ninety three point one percent reception. Last year, no, sorry, three years ago it was eighty eighty three. Last year it was eighty one, and the season just gone. It was seventy eight point five. So it keeps coming down every year. So he's trending in the right direction. I think for a linebacker, you probably want that percentage allowance to be below seventy five, ideally. Um, bottom end of the seventies is, is where we want it to be. He's a massive upgrade. 100% like, you know, he's instantly made the positional group better just for linebackers and for the defence as well. And, you know, I'm I'm really excited to, to watch him play and really, really happy he's on board. Sorry, I was on mute, sorry. Um, yeah, I think he just, he's just a great pickup and I think he's going to succeed and excel. Um for us on defense, I think he's, he's going to be that that middle linebacker that we we desperately need. Um, Craig, what do you think about him? Just quickly, just interestingly. Okay, Ricky, I'm going to butcher that name throughout this season. I'm going to tell you about that. Let's just, let's just call him Bob. Bobby. Simple. Bobby. 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 To be honest, Bobby. I've been calling him Okariki for like four years. So. Bob, Bob, Bobby O. There you go. That do. Yeah. Fun Bobby. It was for all of the uh, Friends oh, fans out yeah. there. Um, I, I really like the pickup. Uh, I really do. Uh, as we've all you know, pretty much pounded into the ground, um, linebacker was such a poor position for us last season. It really was. And when we were going through our free agency kind of wants and needs a couple of weeks ago and even talking to, to Dan last week about 
about little things. It was it was clear it was the premier position to focus on, and it didn't surprise me that that was where the splash was made. Um, Kev, uh, we spoke about this in the in the group chat and how. Uh, he kind of has a, that kind of Blake Martinez kind of mould to him. And as you've rightly said, both Stanford guys and Okarike took over from Martinez when he declared eligible for the draft and went in. So I think if we can get anything that was near what Martinez was like, even for us, because he was, you know, he was class before that um, at Green Bay. So that that's exactly what we want. And, you know, we as as Shane said, we addressed the dresser in the draft with uh, someone to go next to him, and we've got depth pieces already there. We're definitely upgrading from Jalen Smith. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, it's not hard to upgrade from that, but there we go. <laughs> I think no, Jalen Smith. He, he he did well when he came in. Went what he needed to do, but it was. It's but we we had um, sorry, not not to drop jam, but we had um, we had guys come off the street last year, didn't we? Like the, our linebackers starters. At the end of the season, people picked up mid-season. Exactly. So, 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 so glad that we actually went out and addressed this need um, that was desperate for us. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll probably we'll probably address it in the draft as well. Don't you know, don't get me wrong, but I think getting in someone that's experienced and is a, is a league veteran is is definitely something we needed. Um, cool. Moving on. Just yeah, moving on. Um, I. <laughs> Just quickly as well, Bobby Bobby O, as we call him, he um, has officially agreed to terms with the Giants that came out two minutes ago. So he is now officially a member of the New York Giants. So, ching. Uh, moving on to uh, as it says on the screen there, Darren Waller. Um, so Tuesday's first action was announced around six thirty here in the UK um, that the Giants had traded the hundredth overall pick, uh, which was acquired from Kansas City in exchange for. That man, Kadarius Tony, uh, to the. Um, I mean, vowed never to talk about him again. <laughs> I know, shame that. Eh? <laughs> um, so we gave that hundredth overall pick, which, in essence, come on, let's face it, is is almost a fourth round pick, isn't it? Really, let's face it. Um, we sent that to the Raiders uh, for Darren Waller, tight end Darren Waller. Um, he instantly becomes one of the top weapons in the team, uh, providing much needed veteran. Um, presence in the tight end room. There's no guaranteed money in the contract after this year, so unless we restructure, there's not going to be any dead cap hits. He's uh, he's twelve, just under twelve and a half million this year. Uh, twelve, twelve next year, thirteen million the year after, and then fifteen million into twenty twenty six. There are many, many pros about him. You know, he's since the beginning of twenty nineteen, he's got almost thirty four hundred receiving yards. And his third, which is third amongst tight ends behind Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. I mean, he's in pretty good company there. Um, and in total, over the course of the last four years, 17 touchdowns. That's absolutely phenomenal um, production from um, an, an extremely good player. Um, he's had the most 20-plus yard catches for tight ends in 2022, considering the fact he missed eight games last year as well. Um the downside to it, he's missed some games over the last two years due to injury, and by the time the season starts, he will be 31. So he's he's on the wrong side of 30, but there's many more upsides to downsides for me about um, Darren Waller. Shane, 
does it take the pressure off Dan Bellinger bringing him in? Um, I think it certainly helps him. Um, I said when the trade was made, you know, one of the things I think maybe they've done it for is just to get that veteran piece next to him. The trade surprised me considering how deep the tight end class is. It's probably one of the best tight end classes in, in recent years, in, in my personal opinion. Um, but like you say, you know, it, it, it's the epitome of a low risk, high reward, high reward trade. You know, we gave up um, pick 100. Uh, I think you said in the group chat yesterday, the guy from Cincinnati was the pick last year at 100. Uh, the edge guy, I can't think of his name there that you mentioned. Um, so, you know, the, the chances of getting a, a starter at pick 100 was is quite limited anyway. Um, so like when the trade come through at first, I wasn't as, I think I didn't, I wasn't as wowed by it as the rest of Twitter. Cause the first thing I thought was, okay, what have we given up? Because, you know, you, you talk about probably top three tight end in the league if you go over recent years, not just last season. So you're talking top three tight end, what's that cost? And like you say, you mentioned the fact that the injuries, the age, is he potentially declining now? But then you throw in the fact that it's effectively going to cost us pick 100. Um, and, you know, between 2019 and 2020, Owen Kelly and Kittle have had better receiving grades than Darren Waller. So, you know, if we can get the 2019, 2020 Darren Waller, it's an absolute steal. Um, and I think one of the things that's kind of excited me the most that's not really been mentioned is him kind of tutoring Dan Bellinger. You know, he's a guy who's been there and done it all. He got drafted into the league. He had various off-the-field issues and he overcame them. Um, you know, he, he was a bit of a standout in um, hard knocks a few, few years ago. Um, don't know if you, any of you remember it when he was on there. And he was a guy who spoke openly about his addiction problems and that. And he's a guy that you kind of thought, you know what, fair play to you. He's not just sort of done a a Josh Gordon and come back into the league and gone and done it again, rinse and repeat 20 times over. He's kind of got over it, come back into the league and sort of made a stamp on it. So, you know, I'm, I'm really keen to see how he's, how Bellinger's going to learn off him, how the two are going to work together. You know I mean? I don't know that the, the exact size is both, but I think they're both about six foot four or something like that. Um, Waller, Waller's six, six, 240. And then I don't know what Bellinger. I think Bellinger's at least six four minimum, any. Um, so you know you, you've got instantly two red zone targets for for Daniel Jones as well. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot more two tight end sets going forward. And you know this is a, a coaching staff that have had in Kafka. They had Travis Kelsey in Kansas, and then Brian Dave. Although they didn't, he didn't use a tight end much in in Buffalo. He turned Dawson Knox into a little bit of a. A, a secret weapon, so so to speak. You know, Dawson Knox was someone who wasn't really spoken about coming out of the league, uh, coming out of college, sorry, got into the league. And he, he's, he's pretty reliable, a pretty solid tight end now. So, you know, I think he's, he's going to help Bellinger. Um, and I'm just hoping that we're getting the 2019-2020 Darren Waller and not the 21-22 version. Yeah, I hope we don't get the, uh, the guy that's been a little bit injury-prone over the last two years. But... Um... Dan Bellinger's 6'5", Waller's 6'6". Six, six. Like you said, we've got two big, big targets there. Um, and yeah, the pick 100 from last year was uh, my Jay Sanders, who went to Arizona Cardinals. Um, he had an okay-ish year. 23 tackles, three sacks. Um, wasn't, a, wasn't a starter for the Cardinals by any, by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, pick 100, you're not going to get a day one starter. The fact that we've got Darren Waller 
for that pick, I think it's a win-win. You, I mean, in shame we trust and he get again because he's he's just waving his magic wand and working and really sort of just bringing in some real sort of good, decent, solid pros um, that can only help this team. It's right on the cusp as well, that pick 100 of top 100 prospects, which you, you tend to find more often than not, you can still find a stud around that kind of level. So it is still a, a risk uh, on some level. Um, but I think if you look at it from a very, very granular point of Tony, voila, voila, every day of the week, every day of the week, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Darren Wallace not got a uh, budding music career outside of football. I mean, yes, he's had his past problems and past demons, but he's overcome that and he's been very open and honest about it. So, it's a, it's there's only one option for me, only one choice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's an absolute steal of a pickup. To be fair, you're getting like a um, a top five tight end in the league when healthy um, for pick one hundred. I mean, for Kadiris Tony, we got. Uh, with that compensatory third and a sixth round pick, and we use that uh, third now to turn into Darren Waller. I mean, um, at the trade deadline, the uh, Raiders turned down a second round pick from the Packers, and then for us to go and get him from the very, very late, but you said as well, Dan, pretty much a third round, uh, fourth round pick uh, for Darren Waller is an absolute steal. I mean, I know you, I don't know if you mentioned with the, the contract, like, I mean, all the guaranteed money is up after this coming season. So, say for example, like, if it turns out, you know, injuries or loss of form or for whatever reason, we can get out of the deal at the end of next season with no cap hit whatsoever. So, like, you know, I think Shane said it as well, like low risk, high reward. I mean, he's he's so, so fast for a tight end. You know, he was a receiver in college at Georgia Tech and he came into the league as a receiver and was turned into a tight end. And did he himself up. as well? Yeah, he did, yeah. And uh, although the blocking isn't great, I will say that, the blocking isn't great. But like I believe Dan um, Bellinger to be like such a good all round tight end, um, like you know we will give him the blocking duties. Um, but like he's too fast for linebackers to cover him, and he's too big for safeties to cover him. I mean he's got fantastic hands; he tracks the ball well in the air. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean I'm excited for this. I mean, you know injuries you never know. You can't really say someone's injury prone. I mean people are, I suppose, but you know. It's such a low risk. Bring him in, see what we can do. Um, Dan, Daniel Jones needed a big target. Now, this means as well, he can be on this field along with Bellinger and he can be split out. He can be out wide. He can be in the slot. He can be on the line as well. He's played all those positions. Um, so it means we don't sort of need to go after your big body t- uh, wide receiver now. We can go after the more shiftier players, the more the better route runners, the better catchers. Um I mean, even I think Dable was a tight ends coach in the Patriots when they had like Gronk Hernandez as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, so he w- he'll want to get the tight end involved. Um, it was just such a shock when it came through. I honestly didn't know what to think when it first came through. I was like, uh, oh, okay. Um, I mean, he's been a fantasy darling a few years ago, dropped off this year with the injuries, but even his production per game, like average, was fantastic. Like you talked about the the the, the plus twenty yards most plus 20 yards catches of a tight end of all last season. And they only played um, half the season. So, um, I mean, talk about, okay, we'll sign your, sign your uh, quarterback to a big deal and help him out. They've actually 100% done this. Now they've, they're helping out Daniel Jones. Yep. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to use something for the first time now. 
any excuse to use the breaking news thing. Get but, um, <laughs> Nacho has just agreed to terms uh, with the Giants as well. So that's all three of the players that we've just spoken about who have agreed to terms. And uh, just while I've got uh, a little bit to say, um, Kev, you were just talking about wide receivers in the draft. Yes, sir. We have a question. So uh, Andrew Macklin has said, very excited of the prospect of Waller in our offence. Wide receiver in the draft. If so, who are you lads wanting? Was lovely to meet you guys back in London. Even Andrew, thanks for the question. Um, I mean, there's only two guys I'm going to open this question up to, really, isn't it? <laughs> let's face it. Um, let's go Shane first. Kev, does this mean that you're dropping Quinton Johnson down on your gradings now? Then? <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? Like, wait for my answer. <laughs> Yeah, for me, there's only there's only one JSN all day long. Like I'm so so high on that kid. Um, look, I do think he'll be off the board. So I think if you're looking at maybe players that will be there with either pick 25 or in the second round, I think you're looking at you might squeeze a flowers just into that 25 range. If not, I think you're looking at sort of a a higher tour of Josh Downs then. Yeah, I mean, like someone like I said about not in the big body wide receiver. Um, like you're looking at if Addison's still there. I mean, if uh, um, Smith and Jigba's there, Zay Flyers, if they're there at 25, I mean, it's no brainer bringing those type of speedy, great run right running um, wide receivers in. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it really opens the door now to what type of receiver we can get in. It literally would be whoever's top of your board, whoever fits into your game plan, table. So, if obviously, if they they're going to have their eyes on one or two, aren't they? That with that with that pick twenty five, if there's a guy that's still on the board, say it's sort of pick between fifteen and twenty, and they really really want that guy, do you think that there's a chance they move up to get him? Yeah, I I, I do personally. Um, I think when you look at what Buffalo did a few few years ago, they had no problems giving up a first round to get a Stefan Diggs. If they think someone like a, a JSN or a Jordan Addison could potentially be a Stefan Diggs light version, I'm not saying they're exactly like him, but if they think that's the kind of impact that player can have, and especially if the wide receivers are starting to go off the board, like I said, you know, if we're at 25 and you get to pick 20 and you've got three wide receivers on your board and two of them have gone off, he's your guy, go and get him. You know, it's exactly like when you want to trade up in the draft for a quarterback. If that's your guy, you go and get your guy. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on cost as well. I mean, part of me would say that maybe less likely now that you've given a third away um, to bring Waller in. Uh, so your ammunition is, you know, you went from four top 100 picks to three now. Um, do, you, do you turn it a little bit and go for the top cornerback at 25? Because, I mean, cornerback's a massive need still. And then what do you look at someone like if Hylith falls, if Josh Downs falls, uh, Jalen Reed, uh, even Keyshawn Butte? Uh, if they're all, you know, do you start thinking, pivoting a little bit and thinking about those guys in the second round? Yeah, because I think everyone's so hot on us going with receiver at 25, but there's there's other positions of need that, I mean, you really, really with the 25th pick, you've got to go best player available, right? If, you want, if you're not wanting to move away from 25, you've got to go BPA, you've got to go best player available. I mean, not to derail the conversation too much, but like, you know, that 25th pick, don't be surprised about something like interior defensive line because Big Cat's on his last year of his deal. Um, they might look to, to bring someone into grooms to maybe take over. If you're going to pay Sexy Dixie 23, 24 million a year, he might get going forward. 
after his fifth-year option next season, then you're not going to pay someone like Williams as well, who currently is on the books for $32 million against the cap this year. So do you look at someone like interior defensive line at 25 um, if someone like Brian Breesey drops to there or someone like that, and then obviously he would take over the mantle um, next season? Spoiler alert there with Brian Breesey, eh, Kev? Anyway, um, so with obviously free agency sort of being in full swing now, um, we have re-signed a few players. Uh, Matt Breeders back with the Giants on another one-year deal for 1.4 million, with 500k guaranteed, which is a pretty damn good deal. Um, two special teamers are also re-signed as well, with Jamie Gillen and Casey Kreiter re-signed. Gillen on a two-year, four million dollar deal, and Kreiter on a one-year deal as well. Um, Wyatt Davis, who was an exclusive rights free agent, signed as well, and I think most surprisingly of all. Sterling Shepard re-signed to a one-year deal, which I wasn't really expecting, and I still kind of don't really know why Sterling Shepard re-signed uh, with the with the team, especially with his uh, his injury history. So, what do you guys make of Sterling Shepard coming back? I was surprised personally. Uh, I thought he would be let go, but then with the costs and we within it wide receiver if you look at it Slayton's gone not re-signed yet Richard James has gone not re-signed yet uh, Colin Johnson's going to be coming back from an injury Wondell Robinson's going to be coming back from an injury I know Shep is coming back from an injury as well but in all fairness to him he's shown that he can bounce back from these injuries quite well obviously he had the was it the torn Achilles he had a couple of seasons ago and we weren't expecting him back until October time yet he was on the field for September so you know whilst he I will use the term, whilst he's injury prone, his, his body tends to recover a lot quicker than what you'd expect. Um, you know, but part of me was just thinking, can we get him a coaching job or something? I don't know if that's something that he wants to do, but, you know, I, I'd like, he's one of them that you want to keep around the building, even after his playing career. Now, if that's something he's interested in or not, no idea. Um, but yes, the only thing I can think is like you know it makes sense with the the depth from wide receiver. You know, Wandale's probably not going to be back till maybe October time. I think the same with Colin Johnson as well. So the guys that are coming back from injuries aren't expected back at the start of the season. I mean, uh, it's a no-brainer for me to be honest. I think because after hearing, I think the deal is fully non-guaranteed. So if you decide when it comes to the ninety-man cut. Um, down to you know you're 53 and he doesn't make the cut. Then he doesn't go against your cap for the season. So so would you? So it's, it's actually good of the Giants to bring, you know give him a deal, bring him in. He gets to rehab at the um, at the Giants facility. The Giants can keep tabs on and make sure everything's going to plan and stuff like that. You know keep things the status quo. And you know if he, he fully recovers and he is effective, you know. Why not have him as like the fifth receiver on the team? Do you know what I mean? Um, good, you know, he's got, um, he's he's played with Daniel Jones. He's got good senses with him. What's what I'm looking for? He's got good familiarity. Familiarity with him. Um, so yeah. So when I heard that the deal wasn't guaranteed, I was like, okay, that's fair, fair enough. You know, bring him back, let him rehab with us, let him try and get a bit of um, get recovered, and you know, maybe he he still has a bit of a future in the league. Yeah, he's. I love having Shep back on the team because I love Shep. There, yeah. there are certain things that he does um, as a locker room guy 
not just on the field. If you saw him on the sidelines for the Packers game in London, and I mean, we've touched on this so many times, he's, he was the biggest cheerleader. And I know that a lot of people on Twitter will turn around and they'll say, yeah, but we don't need a cheerleader in the team. You know, that's not what we pay people for. But you forget what he did in the game one against the Titans and the long touchdown that he had, which I think ended up being our longest touchdown of the season, if, I, if I'm correct. So he's he's still on his day a good receiver. I was surprised it happened, mainly because of the fact that there was dead cap that hit because of his deal voiding a few days after the Super Bowl. Um, so I thought that was the end for him because that, cap hit's not going to change just because he's back on the team. That still lives there as dead money. So to pay him even more, even though there is a chance that he could be, you know, one of the lower salaries this year, or, you know, there's no, nothing points towards him being a lock for the the 53-man roster either once it's been cut down. So, you know, that, that could be the time that we say goodbye to Shep, who knows, but... For now, I'm, I'm happy to have him in the locker room, geeing people up, you know, as part of a 90, why not? Yeah, if he doesn't make the roster, then he's going to be the Giants' number one cheerleader and the only the only Giants cheerleader there is because obviously we don't have them on the sidelines. So, you know, that would be, be a good thing to have. But, yeah, it's good to have him back in the building, I think. And, uh, you know, let's hope he can, he can rehab and get back fit and healthy and actually contribute to the team this year because I think he's still got something to offer. If he, you know, a healthy chef is... Is a, is, a, is a decent player. Um, just lastly as well, before we move on, um, obviously with all the sort of the pending free agents we have left, which one player do you guys hope we re-sign? Um, it's probably going to be a potential spoiler for someone we'll be covering next. But I really want Darius Slayton back. I think when you look at the when you look at what the likes of Jacoby Myers and Juju have got in free agency, eleven million, he's not on the same as them. We've not really got an, someone to take the top off the defense, off the opposing defenses at the minute. So it just it's one less thing to have to look at drafting um, next month. And again, he's another one. He knows the system. He's, he's got chemistry with Daniel. You know they were both drafted at the same time, so. You know, when the, the year Daniel was drafted, he would have been running with the second team and the scout team, obviously, because we still had Eli at the time. And Slayton would have been there as well. And I think they would have had a, they would have had a good rapport. Yes, he's got questionable hands. But I think if the price is right, I'd probably like to bring Slayton back the most. Slayton, nice. Kev? <laughs> you know who I'm going to say. <laughs> Number 20. Oh, no. <laughs> Two zero, my friend. Two oh, zero, my boy. J-Love, we need help. I mean, uh, Dean Belton, I think, could be a good player in the box. A um, little bit suspect in coverage. I think he's someone some, some for long term. So we are missing that other safety to go opposite McKinney. So I'd love to bring him back. I think Slayton will test the market and get a deal that we just will not match. Uh, a little bit like um, a little bit like Gates. You know, Gates um, got himself a, a, a tasty, was it? 15, 16 million um, three-year contract with the commanders. Yeah. Um, and apparently we were literally only offering the minimum, um, which is not great form, to be honest. But um, I can see us offering uh, Slate in the package that, you know, he'll get somewhere else. Um, but just touching us quickly, it's not really breaking news. So I won't 
ask for Craig to send out the <laughs> send out the sirens or anything. But uh, LPG license plate guys just tweeted that um, Odell Beckham's down to two teams now, and neither of them are the Giants. Oh, uh, 13's not coming back. Never mind. Hey, hey, we move on. Yeah, I saw that too. And, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? But um, in the terms of players I'd like to see back, and this might be uh, a slightly surprising one, um, but Richard James, um, I think for the price that we will probably get him for and for the versatility of him being able to play on both special teams and as a backup wide receiver, I, I I can see it being one of these kind of deals where, as Kev's already said, familiarity with Daniel Jones is key there. And yeah, I'd like to see Richard James back. Yeah, I can see that with uh, Wanda Robinson, like his injury history and stuff like that. I'll just throw another quick one in, like a little extra. Um, once it, once now the league uh, season's properly started, everyone needs to be under the cap. All the teams need to be get their cap sorted out and fixed, whatever. Like, so you'll see us make moves to create more cap space in the next few days. Um, I think it will happen. I'd like to see it happen. Is get Hattie back in that locker room. Mm, 100%. Yeah, like you can make a case for all four of them players, really. Yeah. You just mentioned. Um, I think out of all four of them, I think for me, the biggest one to replace would be would be Julian Love. I think he 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 just brings that extra, to, you know, that extra, just all round decent player to the defense that we we need to keep hold of. I think Slayton's got his pros. Uh, Richie James has got his good side as well, and and. Um, and she had Ward as well, but I think losing Julian Love will be a bigger hit on the team than losing any of the other three, I think. Uh, so for me, Julian Love, I hope we re-sign him. But I hope we re-sign all four of them because <laughs> they all they all produced for the team last year. So yeah. there we go. Um, right, so there are no mock draft, oh, no updates for mock drafts this week. Um, so instead, we're just going to flick through some remaining free agents. There's plenty out there still. Um Receivers, tight ends, centers, guards, D linemen, edge. Obviously, every position going. Out of all of those, out of all of those um, players, who have you got? Your got? Who have you got your eyes on, and why? Who would you like? Who would you really want to bring into the team? Um, for me, still the guy that I had a couple of weeks ago, and that's Nicole Hardman. Um, I think he's he's an upgrade on Slate, and he brings similar things to what Slate and would bring to us, but just better production um you know we're probably going to be available for probably similar to what a deal that Slayton's going to get elsewhere um so if we can maybe pay just a little bit extra and get the same kind of um type of player i'd, I'd rather have nicole hardman so i picked him a couple of weeks ago and you know i'll still carry on banging the drum for him yeah i mean um there's loads I could go through. I mean, like we still, I still believe we need another safety to go along with uh, McKinney, as I just said. You know, if Love doesn't come back, maybe look at someone like Taylor Rapp and or Juan Thornhill, uh, linebacker. Of course, I'm just going to, and we want Drew Tranquil to come in again. But even like the edge, I still believe we need a third option at edge. Um, we be able to again, like as we brought in someone to help with the interior D line, I think we need someone to bring in to help the the, the edge rushers as well, to sort of give them a breather. I mean, someone like Bud to Bud to Pree, Dante Fowler, maybe. You know, as their sort of market drops or dwindles, you know, could you get them on a on a deal? You know, 
Um, Derek Gildadi as well, another interior guy to bring in. Um, I think centre is a big one. I hope I'm not nicking everyone's one. But I think Feliciano will come back if we can sort of like get a, a better player at that position. I do think we need to draft a centre. I think the second round, third round is a sweet spot for that this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are some 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 ideas. Yeah, I think I think guard is a big one for me. Uh, I'd like to see us maybe have a look at getting um, a, a better guard, uh, an upgrade at guard. I mean, Dalton Rise is still out there. Uh, Isaac Swemalo. I have no idea how to say that, but, and I've probably butchered it. But that's that's what I'm good for. Um, and uh, maybe Justin Pugh. You know, ex-giant, um, he actually tweeted out the other day, uh, he wants to play left guard and he wants a fair market value. He's worth more than minimum, um, but he does have ACL recovery. So, you know, it could be, could be one maybe to look at later down the line if we haven't addressed it and we think mm -hmm. that it's potentially a, a weak point. Um, the Pew could be a good option there. That's not a bad shirt, actually. Like, say, for example, if, if we go into the draft and we come away and we haven't been able to get a starting guard, um, he could be one to drop. I mean, he did say that he's happy to wait, and if a team suffers an injury or a team has a, a gaping hole at left guard, he'd be ready to go by, uh, by training camp. You know, I was looking through the list of the um, the players and, and looking at the guards, and obviously Ryzen stands out, but then uh, he, you, your eyes get drawn to Justin Pugh as well. I mean, I know he's obviously previously on the team and he wasn't particularly the, the best guard on the team, but since leaving, the, since leaving what, four years ago, three, four years ago, whenever it was, um, mm. he's actually, come, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds in, in terms of his ability as a guard. And I, d I think once he's um, once he's rehab, rehab from his injury problems, then he's definitely an option that we could potentially look at bringing in. Um, and he would just... just can I just throw out the most big blue UK and Ireland name ever in Graham Glasgow? Like, surely, <laughs> surely with a surname like Glasgow, we've got to be on that train. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Graham Glasgow, yeah. I mean, any help at guards needed, and I think there's some there's some names there that would immediately. Uh, be a, a good fit in the team and, and would help as well. Um, but I like the uh, I like Bud Dupree and uh, Edge. I think having that third option um, in him would be would be a solid pickup as well. And I, I still like Drew Tranquil as well. I think with um, linebacker still being a still, but they're still being holes there and still needing that depth there as well. I think Drew Tranquil is someone we could bring in on not much money. Um, and him be absolutely productive for the team. So there's going to be plenty more moves coming up over the next couple of weeks. So it's uh, keep your eyes open and uh, keep your eyes on Twitter, I suppose, because uh, that's where we're going to find out the latest news. All right, so with the 2023 draft just over a month away, um, it's that time of year where Shane and Kev are busy prepping their draft boards. Um, so it's time for me and Craig to chill as, uh, as here comes the top five D linemen edge rushers and linebackers and spoiler alert there's no homer picks for either one of them um lads over to you top fives i'll let shin go first yeah so uh for my top five uh, i've got number one jalen carter at georgia um i know there's 
uh, let's say, just some off-field stuff going on with him at the moment. But purely for the player, uh, he's number one, definitely. He'd be in contention for going number one overall or top three if it wasn't um, <laughs> such a QB heavy league and the Bears had stayed at number one. Number two, I've got Kaloja Kantia FP2. I absolutely love. Um, I'd have no issues taking him at 25 if he falls there. I don't believe he will, but, you know, talk about a, a productive guy who can play um, the end position in a 3-4. Uh, then I've got Brian Brzee um, out of Clemson, Mazzy Smith out of Michigan, um, who's probably more of a nose tackle, so probably won't be m- much of a fit for us. Uh, and then lastly, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, who, uh, again, I'm another huge fan of what he's done at Wisconsin. Yeah, there's obviously some familiar names in there. You know, I've gone for um, Jalen Carter again. You know, he's just, you know, raw power, athleticism, exactly what you want from uh, that interior um, defensive line. Um, He only a one-year starter at um, Georgia, but Georgia just pump out NFL-ready players every single season. So you only get one year to start. Um, You have to wait your turn, so to speak. Um, Brian Breezy, I love, you know, he's just um, very quick. you see a lot of splash plays with him. He would, um, he's more of a bigger guy. He would uh, definitely sort of fill that big cat role in a year or two's time. You know, I mentioned him earlier on. He had a few injuries, though. He missed some game, missed some time as well at the beginning of the season. I think his sister passed away. Um, can see as um, Shane talked about. I mean, he's a little on the undersi- undersized side, but he's just such a good player. I mean, like you said, he won't be there at 25, but I, I really wish he would be. Um, and then I've gone for um, Adi Adeboare. Um, he's more of an end in Northwestern, but I can see him projecting into the inside. Um, he had a great senior ball, and um, he's just one of those guys just really, really disruptive. Um, and I'll finish off with um, Sayaki Ika. So, you know, he's in proper, proper true nose at 335 pounds, six foot three, an absolute destroyer in the middle like it's on that big to move that fast um it's just crazy to see so those are my top apologies again i was on mute um (laughs) with with the giants probably unlikely to go d-line in the first first round first two rounds maybe i don't know um who potentially have your, would you have your eyes on in sort of later rounds in terms of D linemen? Um, if we if we talk sort of round three, I, I don't think any of the top five that I've mentioned will be there. In all honesty, um, I probably want someone who's, I probably want someone who's like a little bit better as a run defender because that's the thing that cost us, the, not cost us the most this year, but that's the thing where we struggled the most. You know, when we were taking Dex and Leo out for breaks, which you know they, they need the big guys. Um, who, you know, that play hard on every single play. Um, we need kind of some run defenders. Um, I mean, someone like Javon Dexter out of Florida. Um, I'd like to have a chat with him and know why he's called Javon Dexter Senior. Like, just give himself that name. Like, usually it's Junior. So, I don't know what the full story is behind that, uh, behind being called Dexter Senior. Uh, but, yeah, someone like him... Um, Again, another guy who we attended his pro day this week, uh, Zach Pickens out of South Carolina, someone I'd be interested in. Um, Byron Young out of Alabama. Um, I'm probably the main ones that kind of stand out to, to me personally. 
Cool. Kev? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say um, Gervin Dexter Sr. I think uh, he's got some really good tape out there. He's very raw, though. Um, I do think uh, people give themselves the seniors when they have a kid and they name them junior and then they call themselves senior, don't they? I know Steve Smith Sr. Didn't he do that? Like, uh, yeah, yeah he's 40 odd. This guy's yeah. like, like <laughs> But uh, yeah, James. I mean, uh, Colby Wooden as well. I mean, uh, another Alabama player, DJ Deal. He'd probably be more third day. But um, there's definitely some players in there. I mean, it's very difficult with um, D linemen as well because you you don't know what they're being asked to play when you're watching them. You know, they might they might seem ineffective and not get into the QB. But if they're taking two men, doubling up, you know, taking double teams all the time, allowing the edge guys to be able to get after the quarterback, um, they're doing their job effectively. Yeah, cool. It's just because, you know, some names to look out for in, in, on day two and sort of maybe even day three as well, I suppose. So, yeah, it's just uh, just some additional names that our viewers and listeners can look out for. Cool. All right. So, moving on to Edge then. Um, top fives at Edge. Who have you guys got? Yeah, so um, Edge, um, no surprises at all. Will Anderson Jr., number one. Number one. Uh, quite quite comfortable number one. You know, I think there is a, a bit of a gap um, from Will Anderson to the next tier, um, even though all five of these guys are probably going to go in that first round. So, you know, it, it is a little bit um, deep at the top four edge, uh, but the gap between the one and the rest is, is quite big. Um, Will Anderson's been mocked to, to Cardinals, who got number three, I think it is at the minute in the draft, um, which wouldn't surprise me at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it a reach. Then I've gone for Lucas Van Ness, um, the guy who come up on my radar quite late on, to be honest. Uh, I just love the, what he puts on the tape. You know, I see he models his, his tape on um, TJ Watt, and if he ends up turning anything into that type of player, then he'll be a stud in the league. I've gone for Nolan Smith at number three. Um, this isn't just because Nolan Smith ran a 4-3 uh, <laughs> Number one is a Georgia player. Like Kev says, you know, you, you don't get on the ball much, but you look at what Georgia have produced in the last couple of years, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they produced some absolute studs and monsters. Um, you've only got to look at Trayvon Walker, who went number one overall last year. So I'm betting on the upside of Nolan, Nolan Smith, which is why he's in so high at number three. Um, I've got Tyree Wilson at number four, and then uh, I've got Miles Murphy, number five out of Clemson. I'm not high at all on Miles Murphy. I, I don't know what it is. I'm just not, I'm not sold on him personally. Yeah, so my uh, top five is not too dissimilar. I mean, I've gone for Will Anderson. I mean, you know, he's just so athletic. He's dominant against the run, dominant against the pass. Uh, he's got sack production, you know, very high character uh, type player. Um, uh, number two, I've gone for Miles Murphy from Clemson. He's got all, like, if you were to write up uh, an edge rusher, like, to make him in a, in a thing, um, in a factory, sort of, you'd make him. He's got all the traits. Uh, he just he just needs a bit, a bit more development, I think. Um, um, who else have I got? Uh, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. You know, he's got great size for the position. Um He's got good um, physical dominance at the point of attack. Um, I want to see a bit more from him, though. You know, he's again one of those players that probably needs to develop. I mean, he's huge at 6'6 six, six and 270. I mean, would he fit our scheme as such? I don't think so, but he'd be a true 4 3 defensive end. Um, and then I've got for Lucas Van Ness. Um, this geezer's got so much potential. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't a starter in Iowa. 
because he was a younger player. Um, and in, apparently in Iowa, a lot of the senior players are the starters, and then you get brought on to 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 you know play your snaps or whatever. And he um he really splashed when he came on, and he actually blew up the combine. So um you know I think he'll be very high on people's radars. Um, and then I've gone for Keon White. Um, he's just an absolute freak. You know, he's 6'5", 285. He's so fast. Um, he could play inside, outside. Um, he's quite new to the position, though, so you've got that sort of, he's very raw. But if you want to take someone and sort of mould him into your version of a pass rusher, I think he'd be someone great to take. Nice. All right, so we've, you both sort of going with uh, Will Anderson as your top edge rusher. Which current edge rusher in the in the NFL would you say he's most comparable to? Um, I can Fuck kind yeah. of see, and I, I don't know about the form form measurement. So I, I, I think he's a little bit smaller, but I can kind I'll, I'll kind of get when I watch the college tape of him, I get a little bit of Thibodeau vibes off him. Nice. But that that's the that's the not well, just. Off the top of my head, someone like recent, um, you know, I'm not going to compare him to, you know, I mean, another one. If you want to look at a, a bit more of a veteran, someone who's been in the league a, a few more years, uh, maybe a Brian Burns. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's very good comparisons. I mean, he he definitely would be that more of true edge rusher, as in like an outside linebacker in a three four, than your sort of stout four three end. Um, so he definitely for, sort of fits that mold, as Shane just said. Nice, cool. Um, I mean, obviously coming out of uh, Alabama, you know, it's uh, they're always churning out multiple players during each year for the draft, and uh, I suppose this year's no no exception either. There's uh, there's plenty of Bama players coming out, um, and that are hotly tipped to to go into the league and do well as well. So, cool, nice. All right, lastly, end linebackers, top fives. Yeah, so um, the, the most important position group, in my opinion. Always. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> number one, one for Trenton Simpson uh, out of Clemson. Uh, he's hands down LB1 for me. Like, the other players are, are good, but he's he's the only one, in my opinion, that should go in round one. Um, obviously, he had his pro day yesterday, and there was a large Giants contingent there. Wink was there. Um, I believe uh, Joel Menderson was there and the inside linebacker coach was there as well. Number two, I've got Jack Campbell. Um, now, I've got Jack Campbell, but I don't think he's someone the Giants will draft. Um, he's very much... He, he reminds me a little bit of Leo Chanel last year, who the Giants chose not to draft and they passed on him numerous times. But he's just a tackling monster. Like, you want to talk about your, your vintage old school linebacker, then it's Jack Campbell. He won the Bookers Award this year, which is the best college linebacker. Um, and, you know, I just I just love his play. And if anyone's not watched any tape on him, watch his Ohio State. He, he makes a couple of great plays, including an interception on CJ Strayed as well. Uh, number three is Drew Sanders. Now, this is a player I could see the Giants going for if they, if like I mentioned earlier on in the show, they want to pair up a, a rookie linebacker alongside um, Okereke. Uh, Drew Sanders, he's a, he, you know, it, it's kind of, 2A, 2B in regards to Jack Campbell and Drew Sanders. And then lastly, I've gone for uh, Diane Henley out of Washington State and at number five, DeMarvin Overshown out of Texas. Yeah, I've gone... Um, everything you said about Drew Sanders is spot on. Like, I've, but I've gone for him as one because I just think... All right, he, he was actually an Alabama transfer 
and played on the edge at Alabama and then moved over to Arkansas and played one year as off-ball linebacker and just looked fantastic. I mean, um, he, yeah, he just looked fantastic at, at doing it. I mean, it, his coverage is a little bit suspect at the moment. You know, maybe he needs to improve that. But um, his, he's just got such great size, athletic ability. Um, you know, he can side side to side sideline to sideline uh, run defender um i just think um he would give you great options on uh, blitzing and third downs as well as a pass rusher so i think in in wing scheme he would love this type of wing would love this type of player to be able to to mold and to be able to like you know use as a weapon and, and i've just gone for him above trenton Simpson, uh, trenton simpson and literally it could have been one or the other for, for the first overall one i mean He's uh, Simpson's so good in coverage, so good at pursuit. Uh, he's got real hitting power. He hits you, you know about it. Um, he uh, can read the pass, can read the run. Um, like I said, I just think I put Drew Sanders ahead of him just because I think Wink Martindale would prefer him in his scheme. Um, and then a third, I've gone for Jack Campbell, who who it just seems like we get mocked to in the second round every single uh, mock draft going. When people do third rounds, five rounds, seven round mock drafts, we seem to get Jack Abbott. He's six foot five, two fifty. Just again, a linebacker, an off-ball linebacker, good in coverage, good against the run. Um, not the fastest, um, but he just reads the balls. He reads so well. He's got that that real sort of like uh, instincts, and he can um, he can just see what's going on before it happens. Um, and I love that about him. So you know, I I'd love him to to, to come in. Uh, Dean Henley, you know, he's I think he's an ex quarterback playing um playing um linebacker now. You know, he's got he's got real range. He's really good in coverage. Um and then DeMarvin Overshone there and coming in at five, uh, who is actually would give me a little bit of Okereke vibes actually. Um so uh yeah, it would be interesting to see if we picked up one of those fellas. Nice talking of Okereke. Um who out of your top five do you think would slot in nicely next to our new our new signing in uh, Bobby Okereke and sort of be that complementary um, pass defender against uh, alongside Okereke's uh, run uh, run defense skills? Um, I think I think for me, I'd rather have Trenton Simpson because I think Trenton Simpson's just a good all rounder. Like he can do a little bit of everything. So he would be my preference. But if we're just talking purely coverage, I mean, Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders are the two that stand out. Uh, Jack Campbell, he had a, he, he doesn't rush the passer very much, but his run D grade this year was an 85.6. His coverage grade was a 92.9. Likewise, Drew Sanders, 70.8 rush grade and a 74.3 coverage grade. So I think Trenton Simpson would be a better all-rounder. Um, Campbell and Sanders would probably be a perfect... Batman and Robin pairing with him. Um, but then, you know, there are other guys such as, you know, um, Dorian Williams out of Tulane, Owen Papo out of Auburn that I think we could maybe keep our eye on as well. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Sanders would be a good um, foil to um, Okereke. Um, but I think um, Simpson or Campbell, either of them, I think Simpson's a better version of Campbell. Um, so yeah, I think either of them next to, to Bobby would be fantastic. Cool, man, because you know, like I said, linebacker is still a neat position of need, so it could be 
somewhere where you look at going in the first round if the receiver would you know if there's the receivers aren't there at 25 so there's plenty of options and uh thanks for uh, enlightening me and craig on the on some of those options and some of those names because uh it definitely gives us something to look into and some uh, some research to and some names to uh, to read up on. So yeah, as yeah, usual, let's, um, let's not take anything away from what we've learned last year uh, and again what we'll learn this year from what Kevin and Shane put hours upon hours into. Um, Thibodeau and Neil were on the radar, but let's look at players like Belton. Um, and I'll say his name, you know, relatively quietly because he's uh, in the bad books of Giants fans at the moment, but Brisker uh, as well. Both of those were two names that I knew nothing about until until we did these. Um, and it, it does make draft night much more interesting knowing players and whether they're good and being able to turn around to friends and kind of go, yeah, that's good or yeah, probably a bit of a reach. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, what watching college, watching college football is a is a pretty much a, a full time job on a Saturday as it is. So, you know, it's one of those things that I've just never really had the time to do, along with watching the NFL on Sundays and you know working full time and everything else as well. It's kind of it's just never really slotted into my life for whatever reason. So, having you two actually like give us a bit of an insight into some names to look at and and things to watch out for. It, it, it definitely helps come come draft night and come um, you know it's uh it's great and and keep doing it because we love it. Don't we Craig? Yep. Anyway, um before we go, um the first episode of the new series of Giants Life was released on Tuesday with that sort of behind the scenes look at Shane and Dave's at the Combine. Um, it's always worth a watch, and though as usual, it's just not long <laughs> enough, is it? Seventeen minutes. It could have been seventy minutes, and we would have still not thought it was long enough. Um, but what do you guys think of episode one? Yeah, I mean, I watched it straight away since it was released, and it's, it's always fantastic coverage. Um, I mean, seeing some of the clips now coming out today of Waller turning up and meeting Daniel Jones. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing sort of that aspect of it as well. You know, even talking about the trades and talking about free agents and stuff like that. It'd be interesting. You know, it's, we just all love, don't we, the behind the scenes and you know, see how the the cookies made and all that type of stuff. Like, it's fantastic watch. Yeah, I literally yeah, like as, as soon as it dropped on YouTube, I was straight on it yesterday. I was like, boom, gotta yeah. watch it, gotta watch it. Yeah, there's um there's an account on on Twitter, uh, Monte Cristo. If you replace the S with a five, you'll find him. Monte is his name, who does a great little sleuth through the episodes to try and narrow down who it was that Sh uh, Shane and and Dave's were talking about, and kind of even though they blurred out who it was that they were talking to, he was able to kind of decipher who it was and who was in there. Jack Campbell, I believe, was one of the people that we spoke to. At the combine which obviously wouldn't wouldn't surprise anybody um but i think two things that or two things they're technically combined but two things that stood out dave's on the old facetime with sexy dexy who he said he loved i think there was another expletive used in the middle there but i won't repeat <laughs> it and um Thibodeau as well who 
He was livering up for a bit of a golf game by the sounds of things. Yeah, he had the golf clubs ready and he was ready for a round, wasn't he? But well, yeah, Sexy Dexy will be signed up shortly, I reckon. Get all this sort of wave of free agency over with. And during this off-season, I think we might uh, hear of an extension. Let's hope so. He bloody deserves it, let's face it. Especially after last year. Um, yeah, it's cool just seeing um, just seeing Dave's on FaceTime with um, Tibbs and saying this time last year, this time last year. And um, when he was on with um, with Sexy Dexy, he was like, oh, who are you watching? And he said, oh, D-Lineman. And it was like, <laughs> yes, like... Yeah. It was just really cool, um, but I liked the um, just the insight into just to sort of Joe Shane and also Brandon Brown as well. Obviously, you don't really see much of Brandon Brown. Um, he's kind of out, sort of in Joe Shane's shadow a little bit, but to actually sort of see him and hear from him and sort of his side of things as well, you know, it, it makes you sort of realise what goes on behind the scenes. And you know, we're obviously with the giant scouts around, you know around the whole country watching um college games week in week out you know going to different games every week and you know it just makes you realize that the the operation is just absolutely huge and it's not just necessarily based in the new york new jersey area it's based across the whole of the us so yeah it's a really cool insight into the team and um can't wait for episode two already so yeah hopefully that drops in the next couple of weeks um all right, that is all we've got time for this week, Giants fans. But before we go, um, about 15 minutes, 20 minutes ago, Art Stapleton decided to announce that um, we've been connected to DJ Chark and also uh, Miko Harmon as well. So keep your eyes posted for that. You know, something might come of that, any, either one of those. Um, but what is it with us and Lions receivers, eh? Let's just hope it works out better than the last one because that last one I'm waiting for that announcement of we've cut him. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Well, it can't get any worse than the last one, can it? <laughs> no. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't come already, but it's it's coming. It's it's 100 coming. It's just whether it's going to be a post June first cut or pre um, June first cut. Yeah, I think take the hit this year and move on, right? Yeah. There's a lot of teams designating post post June cuts, aren't there? Ezekiel Elliott's been designated. Darius Slay, uh, it's just come out. Jadavian Clowney's being designated as a post uh, post first June cut as well. So it looks like a lot of teams are going down that route because cap space is at such a premium at the moment. I do wonder as well if, if maybe they're doing it whilst they're trying to negotiate other stuff as well. So is it a case of can we restructure big cat contracts? extending maybe do we want to give this guy so much money if so that's going to affect so i think it's kind of like i think the giants probably got a rough idea what they want to do but they just need the pieces to fall into place as to when they're going to designate it yeah i mean it's all uh, it's all a game of chess isn't it it's just sort of working moving those pieces around to all fit in and create that nice package that we're uh, hoping for so yeah, there's lots more to come over the next few weeks and months. So, I'm sure Kenny Galladay being cut will be one of those news, uh, news, you know, breaking news things that drops sometime soon. But like I said, that is all we've got time for this week, and we will be back next Wednesday at 8:30. Uh, so join us as we continue Shane and Kev's top fives, going back to the offense next week with the big guys in the trenches, the offensive linemen plus tight ends as well. Uh, we'll also wrap up the latest trades and free agent moves as we continue building the roster as we move 
in forwards towards the draft and in preparation for 2023. Anything to else to add before we go, guys? No, I just hopefully I'll be on time next Friday, uh, next Wednesday. Um, probably just miss the start of technical issues, but you know it's uh, been good just catching up. Um, obviously, you know I, I'm, I'm sure reporters at beat writers and everything their phones have been blowing up but you know our, our phones are blowing up in our own group chat this week kind of posting one thing after another um so you know bring on bring on next week's episode yeah definitely i mean like one thing i'll take just from these couple of days of free agency um is that we haven't made many moves but the moves we have made you can see that you know they're making a real difference to the team like we've got um, someone on offense to help Daniel Jones and really like push the ball down the field. And we've got someone on defense who um, is a starting middle linebacker in this league and is an above average to go- a good linebacker in the league. You know, our um, this is free agency so far, our team has gotten better. And that's what it's about. And not only have we got better, but we've also kept some familiarity around there in the terms of the special teamers getting Casey Kreiter back, getting um, Gillen back. And I know that Jamie Gillen is kind of is very polarizing um, that signing uh, a lot more so than I think anybody really anticipated because I don't really think a lot of people anticipated him coming back at all. But what you've got to remember is that he catches the ball for Gano to kick, and it's it is a very important position. There's obviously a bit of mutual love there. They're both you know Scots at heart as well, so. I think that 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 was a big one, but you know it it keeps on rolling. Keep an eye on the Twitter, uh, all the other socials as well. We've been posting across all of them as much as we can. Um, thanks for all your interactions. We've somehow had a phenomenal amount of uh, views, and uh, also thanks to every single person who voted for Casey Kreiter in the little uh, long snapper poll that seemed to blow up this week. Um, so yeah, I think he uh, appreciates it. Yeah, let's hope he does appreciate it because uh, he's got he's you know he might he, he might be a long snapper and it might be in a an understated position, but it's definitely a position that is key in, in terms of special teams. And like Craig said, you know the punter that sort of kicker punter relationship is is massive because you know spotting the ball for the kicker is something that's all on rhythm, it's all on timing, and it's it's all on familiarity and. I think teams try to avoid um, changing, you know, kickers and punters as much as they possibly can because, you know, it come, you know, consistency comes from, um, you know, being being productive and, and being um, a team. And in Kreiter, in Gillen, in, in Gano, we've got a team of three there that have all had a year together, and let's hope that you know they're going to have next year together as well. So, yeah, it's a it's a it's great to have him back on board, I think. Um, remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, hit that little bell as well to get all the latest updates. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Just search for Big UK and Ireland. You can also follow us or follow the um, find us, shall I say, on the New York Giants Fans UK Facebook page. Um, just look for our thread in there. And plus, you can get in touch with us via email if you wish to as well. BigBlueUKIRL at gmail.com. Uh, things are hotting up in free agency what will the next few days bring whoever comes in you can't you can you can't doubt they will be smart they will be tough and they will be dependable my thanks as ever go to you shane to kev and to craig for joining me 
and to you, the listeners and viewers, for tuning in. We are signing off until next time.